Welcome to The Digital Well, a podcast by Blaine Moore. Being digital in financial services today means many things to many people, and I intend to explore that here. To ask a question or submit a comment to The Digital Well, simply find me on Twitter at Blano, B-L-A-N-O, or go to thedigitalwell.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. Hosting and bandwidth and the PowerPress plugin for podcasting on your WordPress website are provided by Blueberry, found at blubrry.com. Additional Digital Well sponsors include Message Watcher, a modern email and social media archiving platform. Find out more at www.messagewatcher.com. And also, don't miss out on Grant Street Creatives, Creative Retainers, and Design Assistance for websites, search engine optimization, and any of your creative design needs. Find them at grantstreetcreative.com. Welcome back to the Digital Well. This is Blaine Warren, and today we're going to discuss backup. And more importantly, how is your backup solution working for you? So there's a couple of different layers to this because we obviously have to think about the size of our businesses, right? We have small, medium, and large. And at each one, there's some nuances with how backup works. So we're going to start by just exploring some common tactics regardless of your business size. And we'll also think of some important reminders you always need to consider again regardless of your business size and then we'll take a quick glimpse into the small medium and large opportunity to get your backup working well uh, in the modern era especially in light of all of the devices the proliferation of data digital accounts when you roll that all up sometimes backup is not as neat and tidy as it was in years past so let's start with some common fundamentals there's a, a theory I subscribe to that's not originally mine. I'll put in the show notes about it. It's called 321 Backup. And the common concept is that you have your working copy, be that on your computer or on your device, that you're always accessing. It's sitting in that local storage. Then you have step two, another backup of that data that is your daily backup. Oftentimes, that's a localized backup, right? A device in your office, in your building, or in your facilities. And then I also like to add the third, that's the three, two, one, a second shadow copy, that same backup, but in a geographically disparate location, right? It's best suited for a cloud backup. So you have your local copy, a hot backup you can get to and get your hands on physically, and a third disaster recovery backup, which means that you'll never be in a situation unless there was an absolutely catastrophic event in which everybody else would be in the same situation that you can't get to your data. So you can envision that if you're using your systems in your local facility and your systems go out and you need to restore that data, you can take it from that hot backup. However, if you're in a local facility and your systems and the facility become unusable, then you could go to a different geographic location you could get new equipment in your hands same day in most cases and also go to that cloud backup and pull that data back to you. Thus, the three, two, one backup principle. Very, very valuable. It started with a photographer and I'll, again, I'll put the link and all the details in the show notes for you. So that basic principle applies regardless of your business size. Now let's look at a couple of ins and outs of backup before we look at small, medium and large scenarios. Something we have to think about now in our industry is not just 
it, our computers. It used to be before 2007 that when we talked about backup, we had our computers in the office, there were some laptops floating around, and then we had our servers. And we had to make sure that everybody used the servers so that we could back up the servers. We found that as we became more portable in how we did business, and we also started using web-based solutions, that more and more data was leaking intentionally or unintentionally onto those laptops. We had to start thinking about how do we also back up the laptops as well as all of the devices we know are stationary and can be tied to a localized backup. Finally, in 2007 and more so in 2010 with the emergence of the iPhone and the iPad, which has created a vast array of smart devices and tablets that originated with the BlackBerry and it is now as Android, Windows Phone, iPhone, BlackBerry. We have tablets of every flavor from iPads to Android tablets to Windows 8 tablets. And now we have mashups that behave as both laptops and tablets like the Lenovo Yoga, Dell and HP have it. There's, there's a wide array of devices now and everywhere we look, data is leaking onto these and jumping into the local storage. The best example I like to give is in working with a client, we found that they had a very good structure and process around how they pushed all data to one destination and got it backed up. However, when we dug a layer deeper, we found that as people use their tablets at work, which they were permitted to, and they were properly configured, however, still when you pull things, for example, into a document editor or other tools on that iPad, that tablet, it got dropped into the local storage and it was backing up to iTunes unencrypted in the cloud. So there's two things to fix there, right? We have to make sure that any modifications they're making to those files make their way back to the core storage. We also have to make sure that the iCloud backup is encrypted, which actually can be done on iOS using iTunes, where you can encrypt and secure the backup through iTunes and get it into the cloud or store it locally, uh, where it can again be backed up from that local computer. So there's a lot of nuances to think about and generally speaking, it's in the mobile devices, the smartphones and the tablets where you get the most data leakage. And here today we're talking purely from a backup perspective, but that's also a security risk and a privacy risk with that data. So it's broader than this topic today, but for our purposes, we're focusing on making sure that that data gets backed up, it's critical. So now let's look at the small, medium, and large. There's one common layer in the small, medium, and large backup scenarios, and that is your web-based solutions that you use. I like to recommend that folks go to their vendors and ask them to attest, A, how do you back up this data on a daily basis so we don't lose it? B, what are your business continuity and disaster recovery procedures for a severe system outage or a disruption of business based on things outside of any of our control that you could bring back up a system within a reasonable amount of time, be that 24, 48, 72 hours, whatever your service level agreements are with those vendors. That's a common thread that goes from the smallest to the largest businesses. Your web-based vendors, you're outsourcing not only the hosting and the infrastructure and the application itself, but the continuity of the data, the ability to back it up, restore it, and protect that data and secure it. 
So that's important to go get those attestations. And, and I would be shocked if you can't get those from your vendors because everybody goes through this exercise of preparing for disaster, having a crisis plan, having a mitigation plan for those risks. If you have someone who can't produce any of that, you may want to reevaluate your relationship with them as a service provider because that's just a critical cost of doing business. Now, small, medium, and large. Let's look at three simple examples. Obviously, we won't be exhaustive and comprehensive for purposes of the podcast. The small business, I am considering that, you know, one to 50 employees and anywhere in between. You can have uh, a mixture of devices, right? You have your laptops and your desktop computers. You may still have some server or storage devices in your physical location, as well as all of your cloud storage or your cloud providers on the web. And then you're going to have a certain number of devices that are authorized for business use, right? Smartphones, again, tablets, um, other devices that you may be using in conjunction with your primary systems. So you want to have a backup that can support and capture those. Uh, so, right, so small businesses frequently turn to solutions like Carbonite or to Mosey Pro. And, and specifically in those cases, I'm recommending Carbonite, the business level, as well as Mosey Pro business, because they give you a couple extra layers of protection. They can store a wide range of data and support a number of devices. They'll support those servers that you may have locally, as well as can support things like custom scheduling, selection or deselection of data to be backed up, as well as the ability to restore on the fly, right? So in the business plans, instead of having to wait for the data to download, you can have an expedited encrypted drive shipped to you next day to get data local so that it's easy to repopulate onto systems. That's a really critical feature. On the mobile side, I would look to shore up how folks are backing up. Obviously, you can use iOS, Android, and Windows tablets. It's most favorable on iOS, not because I'm partial to Apple, but because of the functionality they included in iTunes, which is the ability to go in and say, I want this to be a local iTunes backup. I want to encrypt and password protect it. Because in that case, you can tell Carbonite or Mosey Pro or another backup provider that you have to make sure it gets that section of the computer where those backups are stored. Uh, that makes sure that everything is covered from a data perspective. Because remembering, you're backing up email and a number of other apps you may not normally consider for backup. Remember that we use our email inboxes like a file server and often there's a lot more in there than we think once we take a deep look. So finally on that small side of the business world for backups as well, you also wanna think about backing up things like text messages, uh, phone numbers, uh, contacts, and other data on the phones. You can use a tool like Lookout, which spans many different devices. And again, you can also make sure that your smartphones are configured properly to back up uh, in the case of iPhones, again, through iTunes, like your iPads. But Lookout is an app that goes across multiple devices and allows you to make sure those common things are backed up. Now, don't forget, even at the small business level, you also have some regulatory backup requirements, right? You've got document management that needs to be stored in a compliant way using worm storage, email, social, text messaging, websites. Those all need to be stored properly. In an ideal world, you would consolidate those in one unified interface. 
Um, but if you can't, ensure your providers are giving you, again, the proper compliance storage and the tools to be able to quickly get to search and retrieve that data and carry out your procedures. Now, that, again, is somewhat universal. As we step up to medium, you have a, a number of choices, mediums being 50 to 200 in size. There are a lot of solutions out there, whether they are hardware-based, where you can put a storage device locally that will back up many computers and many servers. And you can also, again, using that 321 principle, layer in an enterprise cloud backup for that medium-sized business to make sure that you're covering both bases, right? You have to be able to recover even if your local facilities and local storage isn't able to be replaced or restored from. Now, again, once you get to the medium size, oftentimes you're outsourcing those servers to a data center. They're going to give you that layer you may not need in theory, a th that third, the cloud backup. I still recommend it to my clients regardless of size. I think it is the ultimate business continuity step to have two geographically disparate versions of your backups. Storage is cheap. Uh, certainly there's cost involved in acquiring the tools that allow those backups to happen, but storage is cheap. It's worth the extra capital to truly be prepared for a crisis. On the large side, um, certainly there are plenty of enterprise providers out there that handle large companies. Um, depending on how you look at it in our industry, I again look at 250 and up when I'm talking about devices, but they can span into the many thousands of users. In essence, the same theory applies small and medium to large, right? You're going to have to get all of those common things cleaned up. The advantage the larger firms have is they can get tools like a mobile device manager, like Good or Mobile Iron, that will handle having many, many, many smartphones and tablets being used in the business. And it puts rules around how those devices can be used, how the data is handled, and how they can be backed up or what policies they have to adhere to. So the advantage of being large is you have the resources and the capital to put more expensive systems in place that will control these devices. You sacrifice a little on flexibility, but I think any employee would want their data backed up and restorable to carry out their role in the business. So it's a trade-off the larger you get in size. Really critical, again, to make sure you have all of the devices covered. So even in large companies, you have folks that are remote, that work virtually, that travel constantly, and you're still going to have those issues of iCloud backups on tablets and smartphones or other backups on other smartphones and devices, you want to make sure you factor those into your policy on backup and weave those back into the local machine if your backup target from your enterprise solution is getting all laptops and all servers and all desktops. Really critical to think through that. And obviously, it gets more costly uh, at that large level, but essential ingredient. A final note from a question that came in from a, a listener on backup actually a few weeks ago is from a, a small practice that said we, we today are using uh, Mac devices, Mac laptops, and they were using the automated time machine backup that's in Mac, which I have that in my system tray now and my Mac Mini that I produced this podcast on, and it backs up everything all the time in real time. That's absolutely something that you can and should do with your Mac, and you can do the same thing on Windows, where you plug in an external hard drive from a quality provider, 
and use their software to do an always-on backup. However, that's not the end of the line. Again, that local device is sitting uh, in proximity to you, and I still believe you need to have that extra cloud layer, even at the smallest practice level, where you have Carbonite running and giving you that cloud backup. Uh, another question that had come in from a listener when we were talking about security, but it applies to backup, is they mentioned, well, we use Dropbox uh, as where, as our storage. Does that serve as our backup? Well, technically it can when you're talking about all of your business documents, right? So you're storing all of your files on Dropbox, um, which has its own redundancy layer. I still, myself, and also recommend to my clients that they incorporate the local sync version of their cloud file storage in their overall backup. So for example, if you're using Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive, Box, Ignite, you should have the local sync folder, which each of those services gives you a local copy and a cloud copy. That local sync folder should be incorporated into your daily backup, be it uh, a small, medium, or large business. Uh, just absolutely essential to have a central backup that you control that has everything within proximity that you can touch short of your service providers who you've outsourced the data handling to with tools like CRM, portfolio reporting, financial planning, and others. So in a nutshell, the 321 backup of principle applies. And I hope that if you do have questions about backup, again, this wasn't exhaustive, but a good broad look at backup principles. We'd love to hear them. And thanks again for those listeners that do send those questions each week. And I try to weave those into podcasts where I'm talking on those topics. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Digital Well, a podcast by Blaine Warren. To ask a question or submit some feedback, you can find me on Twitter at Blano, B-L-A-N-O, or you can go to thedigitalwell.com, where you can also subscribe to be sure you don't miss an episode. Thanks as always for tuning in, and we do hope to hear from you soon.